So welcome back to the What's Fashion Technology podcast. This is the number one destination for you to learn about the innovations that are changing fashion, as well as the new technology that is shaping the future of fashion. And this week is a conversation with the emerging and amazing young designer, Andrea Ambrizion. So you'll notice this conversation jumps right into Andrea explaining how he used TikTok to sell over 80,000 euros worth of jeans. And he did this to fund his own education at Paris's leading top fashion school at just 17 years old. So this part of the conversation actually wasn't planned, but I wanted to leave it in because I think it highlights what an amazing and unique individual that Andrea is. So this is about the first eight minutes of the conversation and then we get into a bit more of a structured flow. So you'll learn as well how Andrea is currently preparing for his first official Fashion Week collection this coming June at just 20 years old and how he also plans to bring digital tech and AR experiences into this physical collection to stand out at the conventional Fashion Week and also just breathe new life into these conventional processes. He also explains why he believes in this new technology and how it will impact fashion. But more than anything, this is a conversation about Andrea's story, what he's achieved so far and his plans for the future. I was really grateful to speak to Andrea at this point in his career. I really think he's going to go so far. He brings so much energy and enthusiasm and I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's get into it and enjoy. When I was introduced to fashion like three years ago when I uh, when I applied to fashion before I was in high school and I was graduating my math and physics. I know my, my parents were like, okay, you need to do an engineering school. And I was like, okay, no, I, I, I want to do fashion. I want to follow my, my, my passion. But you know, for Paris, I was like from a little, little town in Southern France, like really in the forest. So moving to Paris was like a dream for me, but it was like impossible because it was right too, too expensive. Like fashion school is maybe like, you know, 10 grand each year of, uh, of life in Paris is like really expensive. So my parents was like, okay, cool, but you will not go to Paris because we can't afford this. So I was like, okay, I have to find a way to make money. So at this time, when I was uh, 17, I created a fashion brand. I was selling a unique product, but I, I made at the time, back in time, I was really into social media and I went into social media, seeing, saw all this brand taking off, the, you know, like all this uh, Instagram brand taking off on Instagram. So I went on all the website, all the product, and I, and I finally, one month after, I came with like one product that I was, I feel that it was the perfect product for the market, for the market right now, that I know that all the people that will buy it will be young people, that will be, um, the product is quite good, but not too expensive, because like, you know, if I made a big dress that I spent two days to make, to make, I will, I will uh, sell it for like maybe uh, to 2000, but it's too much because people will know if you see a video on TikTok of a cool dress and after you decide to buy, to buy it, if it's 2000, you will never buy it. So you have to make yeah. a product that fits the market. So I came up with a jean and the jean ID. Uh, I launched it on social media and just making TikTok video and Instagram well, it's like in two months, I sell maybe like uh, 800, 800, uh, wow. like 17, maybe like so many money and so after no way was my ticket like my ticket for paris we created uh when i was uh yeah it, uh, yeah two years ago we created events in paris and uh, like i remember a day we totally broke paris like 
we were on TikTok making video. Okay, we're gonna hide a few jeans in Paris. If people want to come, you can find them. We were expecting to, expecting to have like maybe 100 people, but finally like 2,000 people came into Paris. Everyone was running. There was um, the police that was come to come to us because it was such a mess. And I, you know, it was my first business experience. So with, with absolutely no traditional marketing, because, you know, I was 17, I wasn't knowing anything about business or anything about, yeah, technical terms or, or marketing. And I just made it on my own with a good storytelling, just by making organic video. Like maybe I sell for like maybe 80 grand of, uh, 80 grand of jeans with zero marketing extents, like absolutely zero. So that was my first exp experience about business. And that's where I learned that storytelling and emotional attachments of a person to your product is like the most important value and the most important things. And when I begin, when this year I begin to do my, my collection for Fashion Week, like five months ago, I had like 8K followers on, on Instagram and I decided to create like a few videos speaking about Fashion Week where during my wheels, I can bring a good storytelling and a way for people to feel emotionally attached to my content and to the character I'm developing on social media. And just thanks to this, another time it take off and I took like, like I went to, to from 8K to once, uh, one, uh, 135K in like five seconds. The power of like TikTok in a way. Yeah, the power of TikTok after it was the power of real, but it's, you know, it's this short, uh, short form content, which is really popular right now. And in short form content and organic, organic marketing, storytelling, uh, being natural and find a way to get people emotionally attached to your product or, or to you is like the best for me. And it's, um, yeah, the gold key for me. That's really. Did you put, did you put in a lot of thought to the reels you were creating? And when you were doing your TikToks, did you think a lot about it before or did you just kind of think okay i'm just gonna do it and you just went and it worked for my brand at first is three years ago it was more like uh, luck i mean more luck. yeah but what i feel is at the at back in time i always bring my father into my video to make like a sense of humor behind my video and i remember like yeah. my, my father feeling his, his self right now being like a little bit angry that i'm making jeans and in the background there, there was me making and packing order and my buyer saying, oh, I prefer, I think my son was become an engineer, an, um, an engineer, but right now he's only making jeans. So, and when you make, when you make a video, that's really important. If you want to become viral, especially on TikTok, to be able to polarize your, the, the, with the viewer. And some, some, I know a lot of people when they have the first hater are not really a fan of this, but in fact, when there is a lot of hate comments or a lot of yeah, you know, people that don't really like your work, people that speak, okay, I don't like that, what the fuck is this, this is not cool, uh, this looks ugly. But in fact, wh when there is all these people, it's wh when it brings you a lot of visibility and a lot of... Uh, and a lot of um... Yeah, exactly. And whether they like it or not, you're getting what kind of you wanted from it, which is visibility for your brand and also being able to move to Paris yeah. the first time. Uh, that's amazing. That's but... That's so cool that you're able to like fund yourself because i feel like people would be like okay i need to get a part-time job or yeah. whatever like conventional ways and you thought no i'm gonna 
look at what's going viral, make TikTok sell something on TikTok. And it actually worked. And what, so fun. what was quite around back in time is that in math and physics, as was really, really, really good in math and physics. So I know yeah. I would, I've been able to do like a big engineer school. And it was quite hard at the time to say, for me to say no to the engineer school, to say, okay, I want to go to fashion. I have no money. Okay, I'm going to take the risk to try to start a brand. And may, there was like no chance to be able to make such so, so many money in like two months at 17. I was like, okay, I will take the risk because I have nothing to lose. And this is my dream. And I really want to be able to, to do this. And after uh, everything take off in like... <laughs> Like that. that's so cool it's so it, i feel like it was like meant to be you doing that because yeah. now with what you're doing it's like it's so cool like the growth you've had so quick it's mad yeah everything is always quick because you know like yeah years ago i wasn't able to sue to sue and uh, to sue and right now i'm going to fashion week and like i remember uh, especially about digital fashion i remember uh coming back to holiday with my father in uh december and speaking to him in the car and saying okay Uh, do you do you really think I need to go to do augmented reality for my show? And he was like, okay, that could be a good idea. And I was like, okay, but I I know nothing about digital. How can I do? How can I do something? And so for like three months, I went on Twitter all day. I, I read all the articles I can find on it. Four months after, I'm on a talk talking to people about digital fashion. But like four months ago, I wasn't knowing anything. So everything. And you're literally having a fashion week show with augmented reality. But I think now's a good time for you to actually, you can introduce yourself yeah. and like what you're doing. Yeah, let me dream. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, hello. I, I'm uh, Andrea Albrizio. I'm, I'm a fashion designer of uh, 20 years old. So I've been a traditional fashion designer since three years, studying fashion in Paris, just after being graduated from high school. So since a few months, I've been really passionate about the digital space because at first it came from uh, NFT because uh, one year ago I've been part of an NFT project just as a stylist. I just have, I just had to make drawings, but that was my first time drawing clothes that will not mean to exist in real life. So in a way that was introduced me to NFTs. So after for the bull run, last year bull run, I stick to NFT. And after the total, the total fallout, I, I didn't leave the space and I stay in the space for the art and for learning, just for curiosity to learn how, what is an NFT, how crypto works, what is a blockchain, how all this take work. And a few months ago, when I learned that I would be able to do a collection, build a collection and showcase it to Paris Fashion Wing, I was like, okay, there will be a lot of people here that will be a lot of people into the traditional space of fashion. Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to make digital fashion because I know that digital fashion is a little bit stuck in Web3 and when, where the space is looking is looking for a way to show it to more people. So maybe with my fashion wing, it will be a good opportunity to show to this traditional world what is digital fashion. So I was like, okay, I need to make digital fashion for this. So that was the first step about this collection. But uh, so to speak a little bit more about me, uh, I live in Paris. I'm passionate about fashion and innovation. And, and that's what brings me to, to digital. I'm also passionate in math and physics. I really, I really love it. And I'm also a content creator and an influencer on, uh, on social media. 
because uh, since a few months I'm speaking and um, sharing my creative pro process about my collection on social media and Instagram. And it's ready to go for me on uh, Instagram and gain a thousand and thousand of followers in a few months. So you're doing something really, really different because obviously you are a, you're creating a physical collection that's going to be shown at Paris Fashion Week. And you were explaining to me before that obviously there's a difference between young designers showing their collections at Fashion Week and actually being on the official Fashion Week calendar. But you're actually on the official Fashion Week calendar with your school. So how did this all come about? You're right, there is a big difference because there is Fashion Week, there is a big event and it's from the French Federation of Haute Couture and there is a panel of brands selected to be able to showcase for Fashion Week. And there is the official calendar on Fashion Week. When you type on Google Paris Fashion Week, you can have access to the official calendar and see all the brands. But you know, Paris Fashion Week is a big, big event which brings a lot of attention. So there is also a lot, a lot, and a lot of brands that during the fashion wing, they just rent a, a place somewhere and they showcase your collection during the fashion wing in Paris because, you know, there is like so many fashion people in Paris at the time. So there is, it's a good way for them to have visibility, to have attention, to have media cover coverage. But what is cool for this show is I'm part of Institut Français de la Mode a big, big fashion school in Paris, the best, the best fashion school in France and one of the best in the world. And for every fashion school in the world, at the end of the bachelor, the three years, you have your graduate collection. So every fashion week in the world, at the end of the three years, every student is during a, um, during a runaway showing his graduate collection. But what is cool with EF, EFM and Institut Français de la Mode is that after this basic runaway that every fashion school have, we are the only fashion school in the world that's able to select the 20 best students and bring them into Paris Fashion Week on the official calendar. And so we are, we are, the, we are the opening of uh, Paris Fashion Week. And so when you go in, into the official website, we'll be able to see if Institut Français de la Mode, see the 20 students and see all the collection or come to, or come to the event. And that's a way for us to have a first step into this traditional fashion world and to have like yeah. big guests into a runaway coming to the runaway. And it's since three years, EFM is doing this for, for the graduate people. And I know that this show is really seen by the, by the fashion industry. As you know, the, all the crazy young creators that will be the future of fashion. And that because it's all graduate collection, there is no business model around our collection as it's just art. So I know there is a lot of people for, for the fashion world coming to see, to just see, okay, what does this young and crazy creator that are, that are not affected by, you know, the business needs? What, what are they going to show? What they are doing? What is the trend? And so that's why as a part of this, I really want to bring digital because I know I'm the only one yeah. that's cool working around this. And I really want to bring digital to show to these people how digital can be cool, how it's not just a gadget and how it can really add a real value to a show, to a garment, to a, yeah, to a show, to a fashion show. And how it's something so cool. It's just not an, another boring NFT or, or it's not just a metaverse, but it's have a utility. It's cool. It's create something more and it's add value and to show that it will not replace fashion. Because what was important for me, 
I don't want digital to be my full show. Like yeah. every other student, I will have my seven looks like every yeah. other student. And after, there will be the digital doubt, the digital part that will add the value to the collection, but that will not replace the collection. That's amazing. It's so, it's number one. It's such a great opportunity for you to get this so young and like I just know it's gonna. I know that you're gonna get a lot of attention for it. So it's really cool. But you said you're the only one doing a digital twist. So, like, what do your teachers? What do your like fellow students think of doing you doing what you're doing? The augmented reality part. So at first they wasn't sure about this because you know I didn't. I didn't explain a lot about the project. I just said, okay, I want to add a digital part. And I think at first they were like, okay, maybe it's going to be an NFT or metaverse. Oh, you know, all these buzzwords that, yeah, it's cool. But if you're a Web2 people only from fashion and especially if you come from Web2 art space, if you speak about NFT, then they hate, they hate this. So at first they wasn't sure about this. So they let me do it. And because it was not replacing you know, my physical collection, it was not a problem for them. But after I came up with the idea and I present to to the to my school director the idea the, the idea. So there is two main things. So the first idea is to have two digital looks at the end of the show in augmented reality. Why? Because everybody knows but in a show nobody's looking at the show. Everybody is looking at, at the show like this with the phone in front of your eyes, everybody is filming how the show and looking to the camera. The phone is filming the show and your eyes are looking to the camera recording. So I was like, okay, if everybody is looking to the show through the phone, perfect for augmented reality, why not? So I say, okay, so there is seven looks. There will be two more looks that people, the two last model will be almost naked with like absolutely no clothes or just a little, the strict minimum of clothes. And after a, a big, big look that didn't exist. So for me, I feel like it was going to be quite cool. And in a visual impact, it will be, it will be quite cool. And for after the show, I'm working on a way because, you know, as a fashion lover, there is a brand doing a show. First, if you are really, really, really lucky, you are able to come to the show and see the show. But most of people can come to the show. So after, when the show is, is, is finished, the brand is posting, you know, the lookbook, all the pic from the, from the runaway on Instagram. So as a consumer, as a fashion consumer, you're looking at the looks and at the collection through picture on Instagram or on Vogue Runaway. Like every people, if you came to the show, or if you don't come to the show, at the end of the day, everybody is looking at the show on Instagram and through picture. So I, would, I really wanted a way to go beyond this only consuming thanks to a picture and to be able to, you know, bring the, bring the, the looks into something more personal, into something that will create a better emotional attachment to the people and a better storytelling because for me in terms of marketing is important. So that's why for me, the virtual try-on that at first is only, you know, for business or for brand. But I feel like if tomorrow, when you when you finish the show, every brand just give you a QR code to go into a website or a platform when there is other look that just run away, there is other look and you can try them on you. And after film yourself with it, I feel like it's so cool. First, it's so cool. I Everybody will dream of like going into, I know, I don't know, like uh, a, Louis Vuitton, a Louis Vuitton show. 
we really like an outfit and just after I can try okay it's not the real outfit it's a digital version of the outfit but on the video it feels like a real outfit this this is this is so cool for me because I I know I'm not the first person to do uh, f- the I feel like maybe the augmented reality looks in a runaway I'm the first person to do this but the virtual try-on for after the show I'm not the I'm not the first person to do this Clara Dagan four months ago was the first to to do this but I feel like in terms of marketing, especially for me as a content creator and influencer on social media showcasing my collection, it will be so cool. After my show, they will be able to try in the looks, share it on social media. Once they share it on social media, people will like, okay, this is cool, this story. This is a look from the collection. She is trying on right now. Where I can find it? Okay, I will, I will try and I will try and too. Okay, the video is cool. Let me share it too. And little by little, it makes like a boom effect. So in terms of marketing, for me, it's like so cool. So this digital looks in augmented reality in the show and the capacity to be able to try on the looks after was really for me the two most important things to do and some things that not replace physical product. It will not replace fashion, but it show how digital can add, you know, a real value to a show and add something really cool. It's a way for consumers to interact with a brand without having to actually purchase anything. And like like you said, the way that it can be shared instantly after your show on social media is just going to get more eyes on it, which is obviously better for you. Exactly. It's like the way you've thought about it is really, really amazing. And I feel like it's like what we were speaking about before. Like you have the Web3 fashion lovers and then you have just kind of conventional fashion lovers. And this is a way to bridge the two which I feel like is inevitable that people are going to start doing, but you're really the first to, one of the first, I'm sure, to be doing this. And the fact that you're doing it at a real Fashion Week show is really going to be a game changer. But I want to know, so obviously if you were just creating a physical fashion brand right now, obviously you're preparing your seven looks for Fashion Week, which will be in two months. That's already a lot of work in itself. But what is like, what is your day-to-day life at the moment preparing for the fashion show? How's it all going? So right now, I'm just waking up every morning with like a big, 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 big to-do list that I know I will never do in a, in a day. But I try to, each day, uh, my to-do list is bigger than what I, what I can do so I can push myself harder as I can. I try to be organized because it's quite hard for me. But I know that in th- three weeks, I like to be able to have my three first looks totally finished, my two digital looks in 3D, totally finished, uh, the low poly and the high poly, because for augmented reality, low poly is really important. So for the for the part of the augmented reality, I'm not uh, doing it on my own. I partner with Zero uh, Ten. The two virtual look and all the virtual try-on will be on Zero Ten app, because I feel like the complicated points about the show is, you know, when you do a virtual try-on, you know, you are filming yourself, you're static, and you control the way you're moving. But what is hard in a show, the models, you know, it's a show. They are working. Maybe they are working fast. So if you want to see the look, maybe you have like five to eight seconds to put the error on the augmented reality on the model and see it and the model will not stop. So it was quite hard at first, but after speaking with Zero Ten, I feel like I'm trying all the Zero Ten tech. I feel like, okay, this is really, um, really a, a game changer to be able to use this tech with such a good, uh, a good tracking. Because I was feeling that's what the Web2 fashion world need for 
this show because it's for the show you know it's not it's not for a big project or for, or for a fashion or for a fashion business project it's for a fashion show it's for the haute couture show so everything needs to be like haute couture needs to be perfect in a way I want to ask you as well about your physical collection so what is the inspiration behind your collection or is it kind of a secret until oh, no no I can show? say because you know yeah. at first I remember when I went full on social media showing my work there was a lot of my friends saying okay Andrea I'm not scared about showing all your collections showing all your prototype on social media and I first I wasn't sure but I first I was like okay this is my first collection this is my first ideas for a collection I will have thousands of more in my career so okay I will take the risk to show all this ID to a lot to the world and to Instagram but the benefits of showing this ID and gaining thousands and thousands of followers on social media I feel like it's bigger it's a bigger benefit than being perhaps a brand stealing my design okay if they stole my idea okay this is sad but I'm sure I had I had all this ID in six months my, I will not, uh, my life will be such another, such a lot of other collection and I will came up with such other idea. But so my collection is about, I'm really inspired by the absurd movements. And, and uh, because absurd movement back in time, there was the war in Europe. And af after the war, all the human and the, all the artists were like, okay, why do we have to paint or to show reality in work because we just see how sad is reality during war so okay let's bring let's break all the concept let's break all the rules and we're gonna and we're gonna make something absurd so for my collection is really taking this way i'm making a statement on society how today society work you know with inequality with war with poverty with injustice with a uh, climate crisis and i'm showing all oh right now the society how absurd and uh, how absurd the society is and i'm taking this concept of absurd into the garment and into like revisiting the the traditional clothes in each look each look of my collection i want people during the show to say like what the fuck is this and to, you know to have a visual and conceptual interrogation about the garment and i feel like that this visual and uh, in this visual and conceptual inter interrogation they will have is an interrogation and the visual interrogation they have to have in front of the real world and in front of the society right now. So it's really taking a feeling I have in front of the society and how the society is doing right now and putting it into fashion and into clothes. You know, like making a look that you can only see through your phone. If you take out all the cool tech aspect I love, like more in the artistic way, see they're uh, having a look that you can see only with this phone. This is a link between all the all the things in the world that we are we are not doing anything for. Every time you know we sing post on Instagram about I don't know poor people in India, poor people in Africa. Through your phone, we were like, okay, this is sad, this is not cool. But two minutes after, we're going we're going to other things that maybe participate in that in this. Or maybe I'm re I'm really uh, personally engaged into um, anim animal cruelty. Like I'm a vegetarian and I don't speak I'm veg vegan and I don't speak I don't uh, eat uh, animal products since a lot of time. And just for example, there is so many people when they see like animal from you know uh, from meat or just a cow or little animal 
treated by something. Oh, poor animal. Oh, this is sad. This is not cool. And two minutes after they post the story in Instagram. Oh, look how horrible it is. And two, one hour, one hour after, they're going to eat like a burger with meat in. So there, there is like a disconnection between, you know, what you say on social and on digital and what you do in real life. And that's why I feel like having a digital, having a look that is only digital in an artistic way is also cool and also fit my collection quite good. Yeah, it kind of ties it all together. Like looking for it for your phone, which is obviously the way that people do it, but then also like the deeper meaning of you're looking at everything for your phone, but then going out into the world and it being different. I love that. That's so cool. You're saying that it was always your dream to be a fashion designer. Like just to take it back to the start, like before you were 17 and before you like did your viral TikToks to get to Paris, like what was... um like, how did you first become interested in fashion generally? At first, so I, I, I was a kid with a lot of passion and every passion come with a big, big thing around this. I, I never had one passion here, one passion here, one passion here. Just I was taking one passion and going like crazy and full on it. So when I was really little, it was flower. I was really into flower. I... I got so many flowers in my in my kid in my kid room, all making it, you know, in paper, putting the. Oh. After I was really into um, antique Italy because I have family from Italy and I was really looking into like you know Roman history and all the uh, Roman Ro- Roman Empire. After my mother, uh, which is a um, Christian, uh, bring me to to the church, and here I learned that the Roman kill killed Jesus. So I was like, okay. I don't like romance anymore, so I threw out all my book about romance, and I I went full into um into a Christ, Christian, Christianity, and for like one one years I was full into Christian, going to the church every week, having so many books and learning as much as I can into into um into a Christian and into Jesus and God, and after uh, I remember when I went to college when I was ma- maybe thirteen. I, my first real passion was space and the universe. I really wanted to become an astronaut. And so after learning a little bit about space, I was like, okay, the Big Bang created, created us. It wasn't Jesus. So I was like, okay, I don't like Christianity anymore. I just grew up on my book about, about Jesus. I was like going full into space. And that, that was my big, 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 big passion really to, to go full into, uh, into space. And that's why I study um, math and physics. But uh, school at the time for me was a little bit difficult because I was, you know, quite different from the other. Like in terms of sociability, it was quite hard for me because I I was always a kid, you know, in the in the in the class or during the break reading books and don't speak don't speak to anyone. So in terms of social, it was quite hard for me, and I was a lot harassed by uh, harassed by people. So when I, oh. when I went bigger, like maybe 50, 15 years old. Fashion was a way for me to find my first identity. Because right now I'm dressing like in a basic, for when I'm 20, I'm more, more dressing in a basic way. But when I was 15, I, I was like really extravagant, wearing a lot of color. I was painting my nice and all. And thanks to this, I become way more harassed by people. But fashion, you know, become a little bit of my bubble and a f- way to find my identity. And after it was um, this, what also my introduction to social media. 
because because in public it wasn't it wasn't easy for me and in school it wasn't for me i went into instagram and uh, start to share my look and share my you know my my outfit on instagram and it was going pretty well like i not i was not famous but there, i i i had like a few followers and the followers were were liking it but you know i came from like a little village near the forest near the forest so there were like not a lot of shop and i wasn't be able to get a lot of clothes so i started for instagram to try to you know cut my cut my clothes and make little clothes a little bit more crazy for me or for my instagram post to be a little bit more crazy and i remember a day posting an outfit i made all of my own but so uh, with absolutely no sewing all the garments will uh, were like uh, you know stick one together with some with the scissor, with the glue, with stick, and the the post blew up a little bit, and a lot of people were like, "Okay, I really, I really look, I really love it." And just after, when people start to love my uh, my the clothes I made, that I decided to go. Okay, maybe I can do something in fashion. Maybe I can try to do uh, to do something in in uh, in fashion. And so, but I was I was in my high school, uh, my last year of high school, and. My parents, which are, you know, really strict, wanted me to become an engineer because I was really good in math and physics. But I know that I will be able to go to a big engineer school, but it will not be something that will be exciting exciting for me. And I will, at the back in time, I really feel like, okay, I want to, to leave something exciting. I want to take, to leave just this place, this little uh, village where nobody like me, everybody thinks I'm crazy. I want to live and to become like free and live like crazy, crazy, crazy. I, I, yeah, as a back in time, I really wanted to, to, to live the arti- artist, artist life. And so I was like, okay, I need to go to Paris to make fashion. And I remember Googling, okay, what are the best fashion school in Paris? I remember at the, le- the list of the five best fashion schools. So I was like, okay, I need to go to one of these schools. So I worked for six months before the applying tide. I worked f- with my portfolio with knowing nothing about art and having nobody uh, being able to help me to do the portfolio. So for six months, uh, I made the portfolio. And after I, uh, during the applying time, I sent the portfolio to the five uh, best fashion schools. And uh, two months after, I got uh, an answer, and I was teaching, yeah, taken in all the all the school. So, uh, so that was quite cool. So I choose the best, the best one, uh, Institut Français de la Mode. But there were like another problem. This is so expensive. Life in Paris is expensive. How I will do this? I have no money, so I can't afford, and my parents can't afford to go to to Paris. So it was a little bit hard for me at the time. But I came up with the idea, and like, and I. I was like, okay, I have nothing to lose. Let's try. So I started a clothing brand and uh, I started making jeans and selling them on uh, Instagram and after making TikTok. And in a few months, like two months, I totally take off, totally, totally, totally take off. I sold more than eight, 800, 800 jeans, made maybe like 80 ones or something like this. And that's what really my get to Paris and my tea. <laughs> It was really mindful for back in time when I was 17. I was really feeling like, uh, no, on the artist selling, I remember selling all these jeans. And, and I remember the day in terms of money, the order when the people, you know, because for my first year in Paris, I remember I, remember I was ne- needing maybe 
sorti sorti ground thousand sorti thousand to go to and I remember when I get the order thing on Shopify sorti thousand I was like okay no this is possible no I can do it to Paris I remember crying and I was I was like really happy and that was really my ticket to Paris and so after I went to Paris I was like so happy it was my discovering of the fashion world. At first, it was a little bit hard because in my school, you know, because it's a really big school and famous school, every people to go into this school before going into this school made two years of fashion to be ready to go into this school. And so me, I wasn't knowing that. So by I, I sent my portfolio to them and by leg, my portfolio was as good. So I was accepting the school. But then when I came to the school, Because I am, I have a two two years of advance. Uh, I have two years of advance, so I was like the youngest, and I have no things. To, I, I never did fashion, professional fashion before. I wasn't know, knowing how to sew or how to or how to do fashion. And I was I was I was 17, and I was with people in my class who we were 20, knowing everything about fashion. So I was like so scared. At, Whoa! I was like so scared at the beginning. But I remember the first project was a project, the first steel and fashion project was a project of four months. And I was really stressed. I was uh, making nightmare all the, all the night, like, okay, maybe I made the money for, for Paris, but maybe I'm not for fashion. Maybe it will be a big fight. But after four months, we all uh, send the, uh, give the fashion project to the teacher. And I remember having the best, the best uh, marks of the promo. So that was, that was the first declic for me. And okay. Okay, Andrea, you can do this. You are you are at your right place. No, you have confidence. Let's do and let's kill it. And so, since uh, three years, I'm working. No way. So you started your bachelor's at 17. Yeah, because because uh, you know in uh, in in France, you think you're you're looking you start um, a bachelor at 18 and a half. But when I was yeah. in high school, I don't know the na English name for the um, yeah. When I was a 13. I made yeah. three, three, three years of class into one. Because wow. I mean, yeah, so I had a little bit of advance. So I was really young when, when I began. And that's why I know I'm 20 and I'm graduating at 20. So amazing. So impressive. You have a gift. You're definitely in the right place doing fashion. It's like insane. I hope. It's so <laughs> for sure. But now, so obviously you have your fashion week that you're doing with your final year collection which is very exciting at Fashion Week. But then you also have your own brand that you're creating. So talk to me about this. Like, what well, is your brand I, that you're doing? So my brand, the name is Aaron's Wear, But that's the name for now. Maybe I will not keep this name. I, I don't know. As It's still a project. The name's always the hardest part. Yeah, of always, <laughs> really. But uh, this project, oh, this project came up. Like, for my collection, it's like I said, you know, it's just art. There is no business model for it. And I know that for the space and for my career, I need to make a business project where I will be able to sell product and to get people wearing or buying my product. And that will give me another legitimacy to the space and like, you know, planting another another slot into the, into the space. So I was like, okay, I need to make a brand, but I need to make a digital brand because I want something to be digital and I want to be a part of physical and digital into this because I feel like For me, digital is not something that I came up with at first. I'm not a digital person who came to fashion, but I really came to digital because for me, it's add value. 
it's something you can add and create value. It's create something more cool than just having a, a physical product. So obviously, when I decided of this brand, I was like, okay, I will create a fashion brand with digital product in, and that's called digital, digital fashion. So how does this idea come? Like I I, um, I was explaining to you before, I went to NFT Paris two months, uh, two months ago, and th this was my first event. I was knowing nobody about the space, absolutely nobody. I am a little bit shy in public, so I was like, okay, I need to find a way to get people to come to me, to speak to me. I need to find a way to start a conversation with the people. I need to, to build something that will allow me to find a reason to, be, to, to begin an interaction with people. So I was like, okay, I will create a nudie with a QR code behind. And when you scan the QR code, there is a digital effect coming up of the, of the hoodie. I made it, I had this idea three days before NFT Paris. During the three days and the three nights, I worked all long to be able to, to get the, the hoodie. I remember j just before NFT Paris, like maybe I slept like maybe three hours. And after, but I was, no I, was I, say, I was so excited for it. And I went to oh. Paris and it was a complete success. Everybody was coming to me. I met so many great people, especially Farrokh from Rock Radio and Josie Bellini from uh, Cyber Broker, which is also a very great artist. And all these people introduced me to other people. And that's how I really made my first connection into this digital world. And so... Little by little, I met, um, I don't know if she will uh, hear it, but uh, Dr. Giovanna Casemiro, which is the head of Metaverse Fashion Week. And she she's so, so, so cool. She really took me like her little, uh, her little children. And she was introduced me to like so many good people. She was, it, it was so cool. And Giovanna Casemiro, Dr. Giovanna Casemiro bring me to a talk into a Monier, Monier in Decentraland to speak about my vision. Talks that were in the talk, me, uh, Emily, a friend of me, and um, the Dr. Giovanna Casemiro, Gigi, Dr. Giovanna Casemiro. And I was like, okay, this is big people. I need also for the show, I will make them hoodie as well. So if they, if after they can wear it, it can make bring me visibility. So two days before, same thing. I went full on. After working on my look for the collection, I was like, okay, I need to make this hoodie for all the other people in the tag for me. I made this. We went to Monia to Decentraland. I speak during the talk. It was my first talk. I was like really stressed and really panicked. At the end of the talk, I was like, okay, do what I said was good or not. I, was, I wasn't sure. But after um, a woman, uh, Andrea Abrams, which is a big, big woman in this space. She's an early investor. She's the founder of Tridium, Facetrap, and uh, Fijicode. And she, she took the, the mic and she was like, okay, I really loved what you say. You really what we are looking for in the industry right now. And after the talk, after, after the talk, she came to me, she talked to me, she gave me her contact. Two days, two days after, she invited me to her hotel. Like, I remember, it was, it was a five-star hotel in Paris. It was my first time going into a five-star hotel. I was like, wow. And we spoke about my project, about my vision, and she really loved it. So she introduced me to more people um, of, it, of her team and such biggest investor than her. Uh, thanks to this, that was really a way for me to develop my project even more because just the hoodie with the digital effect behind is cool, but there is so many more that you can do. 
And I don't know if I if I but let it's okay. Let's speak about let's speak about my father will not be happy that I speak about this, but let's do it. Uh, <laughs> like I really want to for me, if we want to bring digital into fashion, it will be by gamification because game because gamification really allow you to bring an interactive things to your physical garments and this this interaction you have with with physical garments that is what we create you know the emotion emotional month attachment that for me is really important that really yeah for me it's really important and so yeah. i want to to build like a collection of uh, clothes when each clothes have an nfc tag on a qr code each clothes is linked to a augmented reality effect like the wings but this augmented reality effect is considered as the superpower of the clothes and after through a through a, pl a platform and the decentralized marketplace every clothes have their superpower their own superpower and after a user can in real time change the superpower it's linked to the hoodie and in real time just a morning if morning i don't know you feel like just like skin in fortnite bring away really bringing uh, gamification into fashion and you know like okay m maybe this morning i want to link the wings okay maybe tomorrow i want to to link maybe a fire effect to the hoodie and all is linked through QR code in the back which is after um, directly through snapchat the augmented reality effect because i really want it to be in snapchat because you know gen z and all the young people we are more using snapchat camera than the iphone camera so i really wanted the effect not to be in an app like in my app, I mean in my app but to be into snapchat because this bring a real utility and a real social utility because i can see like every every people in paris every young people in paris if the if the project take off the project have visibility maybe there is a dude wearing the hoodie in uh in paris then there is another person which is not from from the person oh i remember seeing this let's let me film it just because i found the place good oh maybe there is a people in paris i'm here filming paris the person is uh, is on the video plan, but because I'm filming with Snapchat, the Snapchat will detect the effect and it will bring the effect to the hoodie, and that adds, you know, like um, digital identity to the hoodie, and also thanks to gamification to people being able to trade, to swipe, and to make the effect evolve in real time. Because because you can imagine, okay, first drop there is a drop of of hoodie, every hoodie have you know maybe um uh, wings linked to the to the hoodie okay that's cool and after two months ago after i send uh, i sell another drop maybe t-shirt maybe on the t-shirt there is a fire effect linked in augmented reality to the t-shirt but if you had buy the t-shirt and the hoodie you can take on the app the two effects the two chords of the effect make them evolve and then you have a completely new effect and that's really a way for me to bring interaction into into this digital effect that will be seen as a superpower of the clause yeah. and to create a full ecosystem of gamification and the full interaction of people that letting people free to be able to choose the effect just like their superpower and just like their identity. And I feel like there is so many more to develop around it, maybe like around yeah, gamification, maybe Maybe if you're more active, if you wear the hoodie a lot, you can wear some token, not a crypto, but just in a, in a, in app token. And after like the token, maybe if you have like maybe one in red token, you can buy a new effect. There is like so many things to do, but I really feel like having something like this can really be a project taking a little part of digital, but also people who doesn't care about NFT or metaverse 
can use this and can wear this hoodie, swap the effect because it's just like a video game and this is just, this is just cool. You were mentioning about Snapchat and it's funny because I'm, so you're 20, I'm 24, so like a bit older than you. But I was speaking to one of my friends, she has a younger brother and she said that everyone from like, like 20s really lives on Snapchat still, which is so funny because I used Snapchat when I was like, I used it when I was in high school and then, yeah. but now I don't use Snapchat. So I feel like this is really like the 20 year olds are using Snapchat. Yeah, I, feel like I don't use Snapchat anymore to speak to people, but Snapchat is really, you know, my camera. Like I film everything with Snapchat. Like yeah. something, especially something that I will not send to anybody, but I don't know why I have the reflex and I always take my Snapchat camera to film to film things, maybe because of the memory things, because I feel like it's so good to be able each year to all your memories from the back. But yeah, everything. And thanks to this, Snapchat, because Snapchat has quite good augmented reality effects linked to, to it. For me, it was the perfect way to be able to link the augmented reality to Snapchat because this allow, you know, a social use. And I don't want the, the augmented reality because maybe, you know, I can make the augmented reality effect linked to a, to a, to a NFC, NFC ship and just people have to tag and okay, there is an augmented reality effect. But if there, if it's in a NFC ship, you know, it's just a gadget that, that yeah. it's just something cool that we be able to do some marketing maybe around, but people will never use it in real life. And I really want to bring something that will not stay a gadget and stay something that is cool about the product that we don't use, but something that everybody can use on their daily life. And for me, that's really the point to bring Web2 people into this and to me and to make a project with digital in. Maybe there will be NFT because maybe the trading cards of the effect will be NFT. But if it's an NFT, it will not be on Ethereum with a wallet with it's an NFT, but the user and the client will never see it's an NFT. You can push it with your with your credit card, and we will never see that it's an NFT. So for me, it's really important to use, like I said, but for me, it's really important to use the tech as a consequence, but not to use the digital and the tech as a consequence and not as a reason. It's not the main part of the project. It's just I came up with the idea for the project, and I was like, okay, digital, fashion, digital and augmented reality fit the need I have for the project. Okay, NFT fits the need. I have to be able to swipe the card and people make the card exchange as the effect um, exchange. But at first, I wasn't like, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to to build something digital. Really, I want to be some something digital. No, I came up with the idea of a real garment. The digital add a good value. It's not complicated to use. It's not just a gadget. You know, like yeah, it's super cool to have a wearable uh, linked to your hoodie. But for Web2 people and also for Web3 people, I mean, it's only a gadget we may maybe use once to go into a multiverse. But for, for the moment, it's just a gadget. And if we want the wearable, for example, to don't become a gadget and in a, in a few years become something really cool, first, we have to buy, to build a bridge to bring all these Web2 people into the, the digital space and into the, the, the digital identity. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think augmented reality offers so many opportunities for brands because it was like what you were saying, you can refresh a physical item with 
having augmented reality because you can keep refreshing the augmented reality. So that's, I mean, you were saying with gamification, but it could offer so many different opportunities for brands because you could keep updating the content attached to the yeah. garment or just anything. There's just so many ideas. On Twitter, everybody's saying, okay, metaverse adoption will come with video game. Or the other people say, okay, metaverse adoption or digital adoption will come with fashion. But what if we mix both together and we create f um, the fashion through gamification? And for me, fashion through gamification is a way to level up the user experience of fashion. And everybody is looking about this to get... In fact, it's allow us to get the people and the clients engaged and emotionally and emotionally and thanks to interaction engaged in the garments and to give them a sensation of, okay, I own the garment, I can decide how it will look. And since the clients have a power about the looking of the garments, since they are much more, way more attached to the garment and in terms of marketing and in terms of business, this is the gold, the gold key. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I think it's, it's so great that there's young designers who are like, thinking this way and I think I think obviously you're one of the first people to do it but I think it's just going to become more and more common yeah. as people realize the value that it has but it's Ex sick that you're kind of leading the way in it so it's really really cool. oh I extend the project right now it's a little bit messy I don't know if everybody will be for because me because for me in my head it's really clear but sometimes the way I explain it is quite messy I don't know if everybody will be able to understand it but I, I think know... it's perfect I know I will, I will, a day, a few, a few, few weeks, maybe a few months, I will have the perfect, the perfect talk for, for this and we'll be able to present it very well. Yes, amazing. Well, you can definitely come back and share again. So it's yeah. great. It's exciting and I'm excited to see how it all goes for you with the Fashion Week in June. I'm sure you'll be very busy till then. Yeah. So good luck with that. And yeah, I can't wait to see how it all goes. I've Yeah, it's really great. So where can people... Uh, learn more about you and see your work and your social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. So my Instagram is uh, Andreal Brizio M. A-N-D-R-E-A-L-B-R-I-Z-I-O-M. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, and really, I really feel like you're going to go really, really far. So I'm really happy that I've like recorded you in this moment of your career, like really. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much.